Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier, and then we talk about it and we find out how it went. Today's guest is Meg McKay. Oh, Meg McKay. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this one. What a wonderful weirdo she is. I just absolutely love her. Oh, Meg McKay. Uh, Her assignment was about self-love, body image, uh, giving yourself compliments. Uh, We've done this assignment once before. It was really interesting to do it again because like, you haven't gotten to experience many duplicate assignments yet, but everybody has a completely individual experience. And in fact, in some ways, she had the exact opposite experience from the last time that we did this. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to the other time that we did this assignment, you can check out the episode with Derek Forgey. Um, but hey, this is not about him right now. Love you, Derek. But we're talking about Meg McKay. Um, Meg McKay, what a delight. Uh, she is a fantastic stand-up comedian. And guess what? guess what? You can buy her album. Please buy her album. Uh, It's called Probably a Witch, which is a fantastic title, so you know that it's going to be good. Um, She is just fantastic and so unique. such a wonderfully, (laughs) wonderfully weird voice in the stand-up community. I think you're really going to dig her comedy, and I think you're really going to dig this conversation. Uh, So yeah, go buy her album. Uh, You can follow her on Twitter at Meg McKay Comedy. And in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with Meg McKay. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Meg McKay. So good to see you. It's good to see you. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great. Uh, we start with an honest how are you. So how are you for real? Uh, been better. <laughs> Just um, there's non zero chance that one or two dogs will jump in here at some point. So I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, we have a, a dog present in this room as well. <laughs> hopefully they don't freak out at each other. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm just dealing with, I'm, I'm in Cape Breton mm-hmm. with my mom because her husband passed away suddenly. So oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm just here helping her out with stuff. So it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, the grieving process is mm-hmm. a thing. And also I just found out that my dad has cancer, like my actual oh my dad. God. <laughs> it's oh like my God. Nightmare I'm level. so sorry. A couple of weeks, man. Um, is his cancer is not terminal though. We just found out. So it's not, I'm mm-hmm. less freaking out about that, but. But heavy times. Yeah. Really yeah. brutal. Really brutal. Well, thank you so much, like extra much for taking the time to talk with me today. I need normal things. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, happy to provide. <laughs> How are you for real? I am good. I am, uh, a little exhausted, but I'm okay exhausted yeah I've been working a lot uh which is weird in this time yeah like Mm -hmm. outside the house pardon outside the house yes yeah um I am back to work now so I've been working a lot and training for a new job so uh this is I work later today this is day 13 in a row with no days off wow so I'm a little tired Um, but it's okay. I'm like grateful that I have employment. It's a good thing. So just focusing on the positive and, uh, I've just been like, I've actually been pretty good the last couple of weeks that I've been working so much about being really easy on myself and like Mm -hmm. letting myself take time for rest and stuff like that and prioritizing just keeping feeling good during this time so that's been all right it's good so nice to sit down and talk to you it's really nice to sit down and talk to you too (laughs) right I'm trying really hard to not let my my east coast accent is back full force right now so for sure the articulate (laughs) that's okay that's okay it'll add some flavor to things don't worry about it (laughs) should we get into your assignment yeah yeah, so uh, the assignment that I gave you 
was around self-image and self-esteem. Uh, so I told you that every day you had to give yourself two compliments. Uh, mm -hmm. One of them had to be something physical, and then one of them had to be something personality-based. It was harder with the personality stuff. I didn't yeah. expect that. Yeah. Because it's really easy to be, because like I could pretend that this is someone, like this is somebody else. Mm -hmm. Personality stuff is just, I, re I really, I really beat up on myself a lot. Like, yeah. That's, oh, that's something interesting to find because it, like it could go either way. Like some people, uh, I've given this assignment out once before and that person had uh, the opposite experience where they were like, oh, the personality stuff, no problem. But it was really difficult to give myself a physical compliment. So I'm very curious to hear about your experience with it. Uh, yeah, it was, I had, like, after the first couple of days, I ran out of nice things to say about my personality. <laughs> it's really, that's kind of the narrative in my head all the time, literally all the time, walking around being like, you're dumb, you're mean. Because I think especially in times of grief, mm -hmm. like, I don't think my brain can process how huge the events in my life are right now. So what it's doing is just throwing like memories of things that have happened before that I can, it's like, it's almost like, well, you should feel about bad about this mean thing you said to someone mm -hmm. because that's something that tangible that you can process right now versus yeah. like the huge question mark of any, like no concept of what is going to happen in any aspect of my life right now. So it's, I think that's easier, but I think it got, I've like really had to focus and think about like, even just the, the idea that like, I would drop everything and come here is a nice thing to do. I yeah. mean, it's the right thing to do, but like, I, I, yeah, that's what, like, I don't know, coming to the terms that like, I don't know, I'm not as bad as I think I am. I yeah, know. that's right. No. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the meanest to me. I'm so mean to me. But that, You're not alone in that. And that yeah. like, m I think most people would agree that they are so much meaner to themselves than they are to anybody else and meaner to themselves than anybody else is to them. Totally. Totally. And like, if, if, someone, if somebody was as mean as I am to me, actually to me or to someone, they would go to jail. Yeah. Probably. Yep. <laughs> like really mean. But I think those internalized narratives from like well, a swath of past dramas. Mm -hmm. So it was good to unpack that actually. That's Especially good. I'm as good to like center, to center and just be mm -hmm. nice. And then, and finding things that I didn't like, I noticed like even in the physical, I don't know if I'm making sense, but if, even in the, the physical sense, like I never noticed that there's green in my eyes before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You look at yourself a little bit closer and you find the details, like even on the hardest day where you're criticizing yourself even more than usual, there's something that you can find that you love. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think like dysmorphia is a huge thing too so it was good to like write down certain aspects because I don't always see myself right yeah we're so, very rarely objective in yeah. how we see ourselves I'll notice things even like um uh not looking in a mirror just looking at myself like looking down at my own body I'll find things to pick apart and then when I see myself in a reflection, I'm like, oh, that looks completely different Yeah. than I had in my head. Like, <laughs> yeah. we have a, a real way of skewing things towards the negative when we look it's, at ourselves. It's good. It's like, it's a bad thing to do, but it's good to notice and recognize that. I think the best, the, the easiest thing for me here is because there's a mirror at a the bottom of some stairs so you can see the body first without the head so it's like it's not your body at the moment yes so yeah it's the that was really helpful I found yeah because you're almost looking at yourself like you're another person mm -hmm. and you would be, would be so much kinder to another person oh for sure you to yourself I think like I, I don't know I'm a woman of a certain age and uh, <laughs> at the beginning, when I think when I was becoming, like, becoming a woman or, like, becoming aware of, like, my place in the world, so, like, as a teenager, it was, like, it was ridiculous how thin you had to be. Mm -hmm. Like, ridiculous. Like, I just went back and started rewatching movies from, 
like my teenagehood in the early when things were simpler and uh, oh my god I can't get over how thin people are how thin the women are and friends and yeah. oh my goodness so like no wonder like I know this is a thing that's been beat on a lot but like there was no structure in place for anyone to be anything other than a skeleton like no wonder you hate oh. yourself no, like particularly that time period, like in the 90s, it was the whole like heroin chic and yeah. stuff like Kate Moss and like really, really like tiny, like uh, there was an ad that was pulled for Friends. It was a billboard ad. Um, there was uh, Monica, Phoebe and Rachel and it just said cute anorexic chicks. Cool. For real. That was a real advertisement that they like went through a series of people who were like yep I sign off on this um and then at the very last minute they were like no you can't do that <laughs> like, that's ridiculous yeah so like I think the early two early 2000s would have been when I was a teenager and that's when like Paris Hilton was the thing mm -hmm. and who I love so much and even like the Britney Spears of that era it was just tall blondes with low-rise jeans that you could see the protruding hip bone oh yeah. yeah yeah and like if you didn't if like, holding yourself to that standard I mean it, you know there's a little bit of distance between like what is things on tv and whatever like you don't but uh yeah I think it was less that I demanded that of myself and more that I felt it was demanded from me from where I was in the Absolutely. world well like the you can know that something is wrong or doesn't make sense and still have it stick to you in that way. Like you can know intellectually like, oh, I am not required to look like these people. This is an unrealistic expectation of what women look like that's projected onto me from the media. You can mm -hmm. know all of this stuff and still absorb it and be very affected by it in terms of how you look at yourself. Yeah. But I think it's an important thing to continually remind yourself that like a lot of people make a lot of money off of you hating the way that you look. Yeah, that's what the movie Josie the Pussycats was about. I, I love that movie. I love so that movie so much. That's one of my most favorite movies. I love the movie Josie the Pussycats. Oh, good. The soundtrack is also incredible. The soundtrack is great. The <laughs> Rainbows did most of it. I was yeah. like, ah, oh. ah, oh, Lilith. Yeah, it's a uh, like. I don't know, to put it in simple terms, like, uh, yeah, capitalism's a bitch, and, um, like, advertisers want you to not feel like you're enough, because that's how they sell you things. So you um, just keep consuming and consuming and consuming, because exactly. you're filling a hole, like, you're, you're a bucket with a hole in it. Yeah. And there's, no matter how much water you put in, it's still going to leak out, like, that's what they want from you. So it's actually, like, a, a real form of resistance, and something, like, pretty radical to love yourself and to love your body yeah and the way that you look is like a real form of resistance it really is it really really is i think like uh also they didn't make clothes until recently that would actually fit my body mm -hmm. and that's ridiculous because like i can only imagine what it would be like for for women of a different shape I don't know who clothes were made for at the time. I was talking to my friend about yeah. this recently, where we're just like, who looked good in low-rise jeans? Like who? No one. Who? No one did. It was impossible to look good. High-rise forever. <laughs> Mom jeans. Like if it, if I could get jeans, I was just gonna say if I could get jeans that went up over my boobs, but that's just what overalls are. <laughs> I'm <laughs> currently wearing overalls, so I'm meeting that criteria <laughs> right now. <laughs> I just I'm just cracked out. Uh, yeah, I'm just rocking, mm -hmm. like, what I call my depression gi, like, just harem clothing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah nobody, nobody looks good in low-rise jeans, and the thing is with the, with those kind of trends in clothing is you feel like if it doesn't look good on you, then your body is wrong, mm -hmm. because this is what's popular right now, whereas, like, that's not true at any point in time with any clothing. Like, do you remember the show What Not to Wear? No. Oh my god, what not to wear. I loved that show so much. Basically, it was like a, sort of in the queer eye realm, but just with clothing. So they would take somebody and like build up their self-esteem and teach them how to dress for their own body. And the like the whole thing was like so many people, um, especially people who were plus size, 
would wear clothing that wasn't flattering on their body because they were just trying to hide, right? Just yeah. big shapeless clothing. Um, and uh, uh, <laughs> Stacy London and Clinton Kelly, the host of What Not to Wear, um, would come in and be be like, "Your body's fine. You're just wearing the wrong clothes." Yeah. Like, and it, you would from watching many episodes of this show, you would see like, oh, like there's just different shapes and different styles and stuff like that that look good depending on your body. It's just finding what looks good on you. So no one is ever going to fit into this cookie cutter thing. Like if there's a trendy item like low rise jeans, that's going to look good on a certain percentage of people. That doesn't mean that those, that's the body type that's right or best. It's just this particular item of clothing looks good on this person. It's like if it, if you had like a really jazzy print, right? Yeah. Like, not everybody's going to look good in this specific jazzy print, you know? Like, <laughs> well, that's funny. That'd be like if they only offered one color of foundation. Exactly. <laughs> just... yeah. And then, exactly. If they only offered one color and then everybody who doesn't match that color is going to think that they're wrong. Or they're going to try to wear it and their neck is a different color than their face. And it's, uh, it's not right. <laughs> it's not okay. It's not tell, okay. Tell me something that you love about the way that you look. Uh... I like that. I like, I think I have pretty hair. You do have pretty hair. Yeah, I finally, it took me a long time to figure it out too. Again, because of being on the East Coast, it's, uh, again, it's very interesting how little the, like, products and things you can get that actually suit. Yeah. Them. Like, it's, they're, they basically only stock stuff for you being, like, very pale, very like Irishy, Scottishy mm -hmm. looking, so certain like things of hair, and they won't go anywhere near curls like at mm -hmm. all. So I think for most of my time out here is just a rat's nest of. So it took me a very long time to figure that out. I don't know. It's really hard complimenting yourself. It is. It is. I know. I know. It is hard complimenting yourself, but that really is how you change that voice in your head. Mm -hmm. Like uh, everyone is teachable including this invisible person that lives in your head that criticizes you all the time, right? Like you can teach that person to be nicer to you. Um, you know, the expression, like you teach people how to treat you. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with yourself. Like you, you teach you how to treat you. Oh. So if you, if there were somebody in your life, it helps to kind of imagine it as a separate person from yourself. So if there were a separate person who was talking to you the way that you do in your head, saying all of these really terrible, mean things, as we described earlier, uh, would you, you wouldn't tolerate that from this person. No. You probably wouldn't want to be around that person. You wouldn't keep them around. Uh, if they wanted to be in your space and in your life, they would have to learn to treat you differently. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to do the same thing with that voice in your head. Like, you just, you can't allow it. And you gotta, every time it's, like, really loud, and critical you just have to shut it down and be like you're not allowed to talk to me that way like yeah. <laughs> it's really true yeah you'd hope so you know what the the really like kind of screwed up thing i noticed though mm -hmm. is that though like negative thoughts and negative self-talk is actually comfort comforting in a way yeah like it's it draws the it 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 draws the severity of a situation out of it i think it's like it's just a coping mechanism at this point mm -hmm. like well, I think there's a, a big thing, too, to what you said earlier about, like, you're going through this period of grief right now, and so it's easier to manage dealing with uh, uh, the things that you think about yourself, right? Putting yourself down is something that you feel like you have more control over, and I think a lot of that kind of uh, critical nature of looking at yourself comes from that place particularly with, with body image stuff, like, um, uh, not only does it feel sort of comforting in a way, it feels like practical mm -hmm. and like, uh, like, oh, the fact that I'm acknowledging these things, they're wrong. That's good and practical because that means that I can change those things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one that like in my mind, it's like, cause you can, everything's basically open out here. Mm -hmm. I've had cases in a long time and I've been isolated for two weeks so like it's done practically mm -hmm. for now here so like gyms are open and that's dangerous for me because it's like oh well the reason 
why you're not feeling good right now. The reason why you suck so hard is because you're not making an effort to get to the gym here. But it's like, you don't have to do that. Like, it's okay to be grieving and it's okay to be sad and it's not good to be going down these like there's like well worn down tread paths of like things that are sad that are easier to deal with I'm just like why did I say that to that person in grade 11 how come this happened if I was nicer to this person in this relationship maybe I would I would you know just ridiculous easier process they're easier to look at like if you think of it like if uh your house was really messy and you were looking around and you were like oh i have to clean something like you're gonna tackle the small chore first right yeah like oh i can't i cannot clean this entire house i can just do the dishes yeah you know so that's your brain being like i can't deal with this giant pile of overwhelming feelings and overwhelming grief I can only deal with this mean thing that I said to somebody in grade 11. Yeah. That's, a, that's what I can handle right now. That's what I can tackle. Let's just look at that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It is like being in a messy house. It's like being in a bombed out house right now. It's yeah. Like, mm. Yeah. Thank that you for okay. that. It was really it's helpful. okay to feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think right now is I'm just like, so I haven't even begun to process literally anything about this. Cause normally like I'm a big planner, like for me, like usually if I go through something huge and tumultuous in my life, it's like, okay, so this is, these are the steps we're going to do. Maybe I'll move out of wherever I am to change the environment. Maybe I'll like take up a new class, like a stolo, like, you know what, I'll, I'll go to Pilates. Why don't we do Pilates now? Why don't I go like try a new thing on stage? Why don't I just keep going doing stand up? But like, none of those things are possible yeah I'm like that too like an action person yeah like when I feel discomfort I go into action where Mm -hmm. I'm like okay what can I do about it and then like I'll make lists and tackle things outside of myself change things um but yeah the learning to just sit and be in a feeling is without having any action that you can take is a very stressful thing so it's really hard it's really hard like I think I think a lot of I think it really comes down to not being in control because it's like when especially with body image stuff it's like that's a thing that I can control like I can control like weight issues to a certain degree or I can control like what I wear or whether or not I have makeup on like I can I can control that stuff so it's that's a easier path to it's a well-worn treaded path mm-hmm. and it's easier to beat myself up over that instead. Yeah. As I think, as you said, yeah. Yeah. I haven't really said this stuff out loud, so it's, I'm trying to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing the difference that you feel when you say things out loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have that all the time where I'll have the track running on a loop in my mind and then and it makes perfect sense and I buy into it a hundred percent. And then when I start saying things out loud, I'm like, oh, that sounds really different coming out of my mouth than it did in yeah. my head. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I actually believe this thing that I've been walking around telling myself all the time or like, oh, like, I don't know if I actually want to look at it that way. It really, it really changes things when you say it out loud. That's why therapy is so great. Everybody yeah, should go to therapy. <laughs> Everybody go therapy. <laughs> it should be like a low cost or something yeah. like that. I find especially like having been low income for a long time in my life, the you need it more because there's extra stress and pressure. Yeah. And it should be more accessible, I think. Maybe that'll be the next push for the new world. Yeah. But I think like dental and <laughs> dental yeah. and mental health should be for sure included in things i would like to point out for any listeners who uh struggle financially and want access to mental health services that you can visit bounce back ontario Mm. uh, their website they will send you free cbt workbooks cognitive behavioral books and they will set you up with somebody over the phone to help you work through them uh, if you have any questions and stuff like that and then also low-cost therapy toronto if you're based in toronto 
Um, I know that these resources are Ontario or Toronto specific, but if you happen to be a listener that lives in, in that area, uh, those are things that you can check out if you, if you want. In most, in most urban centers, there's some sort of action network that you can access. And in rural centers, I think it's actually easier to access. Oh, also, you can, um, in Toronto, you can get a referral through even a walk-in doctor for the uh, CAMH mm -hmm. uh, mood, just mood and anxiety clinic. And they can do stuff remotely. Mm -hmm. Also, like, there are uh, sometimes lengthy wait lists for free or low cost services. Um, but also if you're like already kind of putting off looking into going into therapy, just put yourself on a wait list. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'll tell a happy story of that is I put myself on a wait list for hard feelings. High, oh, yeah. Highly recommend that place. Even popping in for, there's like zines and things with how to deal with like specific issues, body mm -hmm. image, trauma. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic place. But I put myself on a on a wait list and then uh, I got put it I got put into a thing after a huge life crisis happened. It was like this huge horrible life-changing awful thing that happened and 2 days later I had they I had an appointment already set up. So it was it worked that. out really well. Yeah, it was just such perfect timing at the time. I love when things come together and the universe helps you out like that. Oh, I know. Yeah. Sometimes things really fall into place and it's like, well, this is meant to happen then. Mm. Even shit. Like, I mean, it's really hard to say like there's right now there's no, it feels like there's no reason behind all of this stuff, but like what I'm, what I'm telling myself right now and what I'm trying to express to my family as well is that like it sucks to be in a global pandemic and someone died and we can't all get together. Like it was really stupid of me to even come here because I just went, I got, I got stabbed in the brain by the COVID swap mm -hmm. and then it came back negative. So I just jumped in the car with my stepbrother and we drove back. Um, but he left like right away too. And I said, I'm just here. But uh, yeah, like it's, it's a, a good thing I've been telling everybody is like, um, all these shit, terrible times are going to make us really appreciate when things are nice. Like when this is done and we can all as a family get together, friends and things like that have like, maybe, maybe the second wave won't be as bad as it will be. And maybe this time next year, we'll able to like rent a cottage together and we'll really appreciate each other's time. Cause it's so easy to like, just be like, Oh, well, like I didn't come home for Christmas last year. Like, I just didn't. I was like, ah, I can't really afford it. I won't go. And then, mm -hmm. like, I'm never going to see this guy again because I didn't go home. You know what I mean? So it really make, it's really helpful to um, make time for your friends, for your family, for self-care and really appreciate the moments. Even the quiet moments, like, the thing I've been holding on to is just remembering in meditation practice, like, just remembering, like, a time I was in a lake and just looking up at the sun or just like a fun, a fun random coincidence that happened or like a la a joke, an inside joke with a friend or something, just these small things. Cause it makes you appreciate, it makes you appreciate them so much more. And I really feel like I'm going to really appreciate like one thing that's really happy for me right now. is my mom has two dogs. One of them, I, I love dogs, but like one of her dogs, I love. Yeah. <laughs> like, one of those like, like you're my secret favorite <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. of all like you might be my favorite dog ever like I just <laughs> I try to it, it, yeah that's so I take like those moments where there's this this uh we were right way out in the country so sometimes there's gunshots because people are hunting or people mm -hmm. are whatever like we're way far out so there's just random gunshots at times which is less scary than when it's in a city because when it's in a yeah. city this was a decision that you made whereas in the country it's like yeah, we're all sitting around a campfire and I decided to shoot a tree <laughs> like you never hear a gunshot in the city and are like somebody hunting <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't be in a good way no. no I heard it for the first time and I was like mom is a gunshot like is everything okay she's like oh someone's probably trying to scare a raccoon off their porch <laughs> <laughs> true but the 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 dog jumped up into my lap and was like and just kind of was kind of protecting me we were just having a moment mm -hmm. And I just appreciate it so much more than I would have, I think, because yeah. it's like a moment of relief. 
I feel like that's been a big thing in this whole time is like uh, really appreciating all of the things that you took for granted before this, like being able to spend time with friends and oh yeah, that for sure. And uh, that it's been a real resetting of priorities for a lot of people. I think mm-hmm. yeah, that it's really made everybody kind of zero in on what's actually important. Yeah, in their exactly. life, what you actually value. I think, I think, yeah, that's really, especially not being able to do stand up because it was mm-hmm. my whole life for the better part of a decade. Like just finding shows, going on tour, like just that was the utmost priority to me. And drawing all these different parts of the comedy world and just discovering that like stand up is it. Like it's what I love to do. And now it's not something I can do. So it's like, what have you done? Like just being like, I like miss birthdays, yeah. holidays. Like I think I spent. I went on tour in in Europe and missed like it was my dad's 60th like I didn't go like it's just you think about it now and it's like yeah that was fun but also uh there's other there's nothing I, mean, I can't kick myself for that I can't kick but myself. also like uh it serves you nothing to beat yourself up about things that have already happened totally and I think I'm actually glad that I had to do like live the life that I did and I think the the like comedy basically dying right now is probably for the best because it's time for a gear shift yeah. at least a little bit for me because it was unhealthy like uh, just thinking about uh, Nick Nemiroff's album is called The Pursuit of Comedy Has Ruined My Life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so often <laughs> that's yeah I was looking after my nieces I've got um like my stepbrother has a bunch of kids and I was looking after the young ones and they were all running around screaming and I wasn't looking at one for a long time. And she came back, she was covered in mud, like all <laughs> over her face and all over her body. Like she was, I was like, and one of them, one of them tried to brought up. I was like, I got a brownie for you. And I was like, I know that's mud. You're trying to make me eat mud. I know what this is. I see your, I see your yeah. plan six-year-old. <laughs> but like someone was like, do you, do you think that you want kids? And I was like, I did. <laughs> I'm gonna hose down three of them and really have a think about that. That's something. That's really <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's also like never be- crossed my mind. Like living, like I moved out of the middle of nowhere to live, move, live in a city and pursue a career in entertainment, and now it's like I'm glad that I lived in a city. And cities come. I was meant to be in a city. I was never good at being in the country, even when I lived here. But uh, yeah, it's like really like reshaping my priorities. It's like, is it, does it really matter if I get to do this festival? Like, what does that mean? You know, why well, did I? I think, like, because work, like, and career has been taken out of the equation for the time being, it, it's allowed people, like, I would imagine that you're probably something of a workaholic. Yeah. Like, you're an action person, you like a task to be completed, you love stand up that's a task yeah uh so having this kind of taken out of the equation it's like what does my life look like without career Mm -hmm. and then like uh what matters to me when career isn't an option exactly Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and I think like it's important for everybody and everyone listening to is like return to the land you know Mm -hmm. really set yourself outside in space like there's an old Anishinaabe proverb, not proverb, but story about how uh, at the there will be a crossroads for for all humans, and you can either choose the path of going back to the land, to nature, to family, to community, and succeed, or go the path of material material objects and greed and things like that, material work, career, that kind of thing, and face certain destruction and it's not on an individual level but on a on a societal level as well and it's real it's it's kind of coming true like if we keep focusing on the material then absolutely bone I feel like there have been uh like the moments that have brought me the most happiness in this last couple of months have had nothing to do with uh any kind of materialism or like uh, career or things that I would have thought were important before. Mm-hmm. Like, um, 
realizing how much I love just like taking 30 minutes to sit in the sunshine. Yeah. Right. And that what a humongous impact that has on my mood and how I feel for the day. Uh, and uh, like not something that I would make time for before, like just 30 minutes of just sitting in silence, not looking at my phone, being outside. Um, I like, you know, in the city and with stand up and stuff, it's such a hustle. Like you're so busy all of the time. Like you don't often set aside time for just quiet reflection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Staring at my dog. I've had so many wonderful moments of just like watching my dog sleep. (laughs) Maybe a little creepier weird, but like, but like I've had my dog for 11 years. I got around. Yeah, I know. It's been a long time. And uh, I like, she's been around with me for more than a decade in every day that I've had. Um, But I don't get a lot of time to just be like, I'm just going to spend an hour just sitting on my bed, looking at my dog and petting her. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. What would we do without dogs, honestly? What would we do? I don't know cats or pets or our connection to uh creatures outside of us. Yes. It's just I love, I love dogs though. I know nothing brings me more joy than a dog. There's just such pure joy. <laughs> the, the big thing for me was like the, the the drive down here was probably one of the worst days of like my entire life. It was brutal because we were driving down from Ontario. And we had to go through checkpoints at every border on the East Coast because they're really, really strict about people coming in, especially from Ontario, because our restrictions are significantly, our isolation um, rules were not nearly as, as strict, strict as theirs were. So we're coming through, going through it every, like, three in the morning, like, just everybody's sobbing, like, in the car when they come to take our IDs. Like, the two-year-old in the car threw up everywhere at one point. Like, it was just... It was just so much and getting in, getting into my mom's place finally and seeing like the dog of hers that I love. I've known since was puppy and the dog, look on the dog's face was like, oh my God, it's you. (laughs) New people, new people, new people. You're back. Wow. (laughs) You just lost it. I feel like, yeah, there's just so much joy in a, in a dog. Mm -hmm. That's what we love. It's like, oh, to just feel that kind of like just overwhelming joy yeah yeah and taking a nap whatever they want like that's <laughs> we should all try to be a little more like that yeah just take be a nap when you want to have a nap and uh, let yourself feel the joy and run around sometimes if you want yeah so to go back to your assignment for a minute um tell me something that you love about your personality I think I'm a very nice, generous person. You are. I think I'm a nice friend. I try to be nice and generous. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny with like negative self-talk though is I just discovered the term love bombing and that threw me. I was like, am I secretly an abuser? I just really love to give people things and opportunities but doesn't look like I'm trying to manipulate them. <laughs> what is wrong? Like, <laughs> I wish I never read about that. Honestly, <laughs> I'd read more I about it. Need a little for our listeners. Okay, so love bombing, from what I've heard, is when um, someone who doesn't know you're at the beginning of a relationship just all of a sudden is very intense with like gifts and being like, "I love you, you're the best person ever. Everything that's ever happened is the best thing." But then you start to discover in that relationship, it feels like they're trying to do it to um, to make you do what they want, mm-hmm. and then that fate that fades really quickly and then like when they uh then they have something to point to whenever you're upset about something and be like well I did this for you or like you're everything to me obviously like it's a it's a thing that an abuser will do Mm -hmm. or narcissistic personality or yeah often it'll oscillate between like they'll be terrible to you and then they'll go back to that love bombing thing Mm -hmm. where they're like uh attack you with with insults and then they'll attack you with praise Mm -hmm. so it's this like really this real mind fuck this like very yeah crazy making you're on the you're on shaky ground Mm -hmm. all the time yeah 
but there is a difference between you being a loving and generous person and uh being an abuser who love bombs people that's very different i think i've just i've been called intense before because I try, I try to find the good in people and let them see the good in people. And then there's always like 15 people in my mind where an opportunity pops up or it's like, I find I was talking to a good friend, Anna Simone about this. We were talking about in Toronto, how people always want one of three things. They want a new apartment, a new job or a new love. Mm-hmm. And no one has all three <laughs> at once. Like everyone's on the hunt for at least one of those things. And I think in the back of my mind, based on like talking to friends and stuff, like I'll keep in my head, like, oh, this is the job that this person could do, or this is, or at my work, we need somebody who can roll posters or drive a car or whatever, and just bringing them in to do that. Or like someone will post like, oh, I need someone to sublet for three months. I'll know someone's in a bad situation and try to connect them. Like it's just so many people rolling around in my mind, but it never, like, I hope it doesn't come across as being like, now you're mine. No, it would like, well, there would be a difference um, based on how you behave towards that person after the nice thing you did, right? Like um, if you do the nice thing, there's nothing, of course, nothing inherently wrong with helping out a friend or connecting somebody with an opportunity or getting somebody a job or connecting people with a sublet. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Where there would be an issue is if afterwards you keep remaking that person thank you for it. Okay. If like after the nice thing you did, you never let it go and you keep needing that person to re-thank you over and over again for the nice thing you did. Oh, that'd be awful. Yeah. That would like because I've I've definitely known people who behave that way, um, but uh, but also like even something like that like if you're a listener and you're kind of realizing that that is something that you do making people rethink for things, that's not to say that you're a bad person. It's nothing to do with that. Uh, it's more about like oh maybe you need to reflect a little bit on where you carry your self worth. Um, if you measure your worth by how useful you are to people and how much praise you get from them for it, um, then that might be something to look at. And, uh, like, honestly, anything that you find in yourself that, uh, that you don't like or that you think, uh, could use some work in just a restructuring way, not in just a insulting yourself way, but in a like, oh, I would really like to work on not needing so much praise from other people or, Uh, things like that that you think would be valuable the root of all of it is just being kinder to yourself Mm -hmm. um if you are a person who makes people rethink you for things over and over again maybe you need to be a little kinder to yourself and uh give yourself what you're looking for from other people and yeah I think that's a good thing I think like also if you're a listener and you're stressed out about doing that like look into love languages because maybe Mm -hmm maybe giving gifts is your love language or complimenting is your love language. Like that could, that could be part of it too. It's not necessarily that this is a horrible thing. Also allow yourself to make mistakes and change. Yeah. Like it's really, I find right now, especially cause everyone's bored, like there's a huge thing of cancel culture. And like on some points it's really good to do that because someone's in a position of power and they're abusing it mm-hmm. or um, yeah, they're, they're, you're using it to, to, actually actively keep people down or separate and really hurting people but there's also a thing where sometimes we get so heated up that we're like this person made a mistake they made a like a genuine like they did something screwed up or mean um and they can if they i feel like if you own up to a mistake and you are going to change and that's genuine or even just owning up to yourself being like oh i recognize in myself these are the things that these are the negative things that or i i, I view this like race differently and I didn't recognize that I did and just coming to grips with that or even like oh I realized that I have been asking too much of people that I provide things for or maybe I have been manipulated like it's okay is if you recognize that it's okay to change to know that you made mistakes and to move forward from that it's not necessarily that you've ruined your whole life because you made a mistake that's hugely important especially right now right Mm -hmm. like uh if it's all about how you engage with the mistake that you made after the fact. Yes. 
and uh, how you own it and how you use it to redirect your behavior going forward. Yeah, rather than like victimizing yourself or becoming yeah. defensive, like really using it as an opportunity to move forward. I think forgiveness on everyone, I think we all during this time, especially if we have time to reflect, we should work on forgiveness because I find that especially with a lot of the find like forgiving myself is really important and also forgiving like abusers and mm -hmm. people like you don't have to no one has to do that but for my own sanity I had to like like really unpack some things and be like you know what like I'm not giving you that power anymore like I forgive those actions we'll just never speak again like you're I think like <clears throat> that's a really difficult and important thing and like with a, with something like somebody in your past who was an abuser towards you, uh, it's not like to forgive them, you have to tell them you forgive them or speak to them or involve them in your forgiveness of them in any way. Um, but forgiving is something that you do for yourself and for your own sanity and so that you can move forward. Um, and, and to take the power away. And to take the power the, away. Your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's, something that you do for yourself yeah mm -hmm. and do that at your own pace of course sometimes yeah. i read a i read a poem called stay angry and <laughs> i kind of I, I get behind that sometimes mm -hmm. hard to speak like it it goes back and forth like i'll have a day where i feel like oh yes i've finally made peace with these memories and i have finally forgiven this person and then the next day i might feel different and you'll go back and forth all the time for sure for sure well that's okay too it's okay to be who you are yes it is it's okay to be okay and i think you know what i learned from this assignment actually is um as I, as we talked about like being like an action person you just keep thinking like it'll i will be happy when this happens mm -hmm. or i will be happy when i've achieved this or this is done or um, I, I look a certain way or act a certain way or I'm in like, I have like, I'm in this partnership or I have this job, like all this, like this is when I'll be happy. But what I learned from this assignment is just like, be happy now. Be happy right. now. And being enough. Cause you're not gonna, if you're not working on that, you're not gonna be happy later. No. Like, if, if there's something that you've pinned your happiness on, like I'll be happy when whatever. Uh, like, I'll be happy when I've lost weight. I'll be happy when I get this job. You're, no, you're not going to be happy then. <laughs> like, you're going to get that thing, and then you're going to find another thing to pin your happiness on, and it's an endless chain. Or worse, you'll be like, I'm going to lose this. Yeah. Someone's going to come for me. I'm going to backslide. I'm going to, yeah. You got to learn to be happy as you are. And, like, to go back to what we were talking about before about how the self-critical body image stuff has a, a practical route where you're like, oh, this is a practical thing. This keeps me from being stagnant. This keeps me moving forward and improving on myself. If I keep criticizing myself, um, that's going to keep you from ever being happy. Like we have this idea of like, if I accept myself as I am, then I'm admitting to the world that uh, I'm okay never being perfect and mm -hmm. that I'm never going to be better. And like, if I, if I go easy on myself on this thing, then I'll never improve. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. And like, I know for me in my own life, like, uh, cause I have also been like very critical of myself and I, I still struggle with that. But the times that I have gotten the most done or made the most progress or made the most change have been the times where I was easiest on myself. Mm -hmm. Not never. I very rarely have any improvement, any change when I am in a place where I'm being especially critical. It's when I allow myself a little bit of grace and allow myself to just relax and accept myself as I am, that I am more able to change. So even if change is what you're after, the root is still just loving yourself and accepting yourself as you are. It's totally true, because when you're super hypercritical of yourself, it's like when you have too many programs open on your computer and just move yeah. slowly, more slowly. So just there's that narrative in the back being like, I should be, I should be, I should be. But that's drawing energy away from progress. If you can just let, let go. 
you know, think about how much you could get done with all that extra energy you're putting into hating yourself all the time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at it. I'm really good at hating myself. Yeah. I think we've all got a lot of practice in that department. We're putting in yeah. our Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours on, uh, <laughs> on hating ourselves. <laughs> yeah, if I'd put that much effort into like getting a law degree, I would be a judge yeah. by now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I put that much effort into anything else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would be masterful at it because we're all very good at being our own bully. That's true. Mm. Really true. Um, we end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. Oh. How are you usually at taking compliments? The fact that you're now hiding behind your coffee mug makes me think yeah. that uh, they make you uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm going to let myself take it. Yeah, do. Please do. Um, well, in the vein of your assignment, I will give you two compliments, um, one physical and one personality-based. So I think you are spectacularly beautiful. I think that you are so gorgeous and uh in uh in this very like uh <laughs> this is gonna sound kind of cheesy but you're very like radiant like uh it's like every room that you walk into you're glowing all the time mm. um and uh, like yeah you're just spectacularly beautiful there's no one like you uh and i i think you're absolutely gorgeous um and then in the personality vein, I think, like, first of all, you're an exceptionally talented comedian. <clears throat> you're a very, very captivating speaker. <clears throat> it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast, because uh, you're so fun to listen to. I could listen to you talk for hours. Thank you. So I think it's only natural that you're a public speaker, <laughs> because that's clearly what you were meant to do. Um, also, you are just, like, fireworks in a person. like. Uh, you have you have a big personality without ever being too much, which is a, like a very careful balance. Mm -hmm. Where like uh, yeah, you <clears throat> sorry, I'm like losing my voice giving this compliment. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, you're a big personality, but you're never too much. You're like you fill a room without taking up space from other people. That's what I would say. I'm crying now. <laughs> Oh, so you're the best and you deserve to be really, really nice to yourself. Thank you. Um, that's, uh, I wouldn't accept anybody treating you poorly and I don't accept you treating yourself poorly. So I'm not going to stand for it. <laughs> you're a great person. And this is such a great podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing it. Yeah. And uh, listeners, go be nice to yourself and remember that love is everywhere. Love is everywhere.